Welcome to the West Side Audio Message Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. And if you're looking for more ways to connect with West Side Assembly of God, feel free to check us out at www.westsideag.org. You'll find all the information about our service times, upcoming events, and opportunities for you to plug in and get connected with West Side Assembly of God. Additionally, you'll find a complete online archive of all of the previous and current messages absolutely free of charge. We hope you are encouraged by this week's message, and thanks again for downloading the West Side Audio Message Podcast. Second Corinthians chapter number 4 and uh, verse number 7, it says, But we have this treasure of an earth and vessel uh, that the excellency of the power may be of God uh, and not of us. Uh, for we are troubled on every side, uh, yet not distressed. Uh, we are perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, uh, but not destroyed. Uh, always bearing in our body uh, the dying of our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, that the life also of Jesus uh, may be made manifested in our body for we who live uh, we, we who live always delivers unto death for Jesus sake that the life also of Jesus may be made manifested in our mortal flesh so then death worketh in us but life in you we having the same spirit of faith according as it is written I believe and therefore have I spoken we have also believed and therefore we speak verse 14 knowing that that knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus shall raise us up also with you for all things are for your sake that are the abundance of grace might might go through the thanksgiving of many that rebound and redound in the glory of God for which cause we faint not but through our inward man uh, perishes, yet our inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affections, uh, which is but for a moment, uh, worketh for us a far more excellent and eternal weight of glory. Uh, while we look not on the things which are seen, uh, but at the things which are not seen. Uh, for the things which are not seen are temporal, uh, but the things which are not seen uh, are eternal. I had a title of the message. The title of the message today would be simply, Knock Down, but Not Knocked Out. Knocked Down, but Not Knocked Out. Look at your neighbor and shout, Knock Down, but Not Knocked Out. In 1963, a famous fight took place. By, uh, by a man by the name of Sir Henry Coopers versus Muhammad Ali. Many of you may remember that fight years ago. It was a, it was a well-known fight because everyone thought that Muhammad Ali would whip Henry Coopers very bad. People thought, and sports people thought, that Henry Coopers didn't have a chance. But Henry Coopers went the distance with Muhammad Ali. And in the seventh round, uh, he was known for his left punch, uh, and he threw his left jab uh, and knocked Muhammad Ali down. The crowd got quiet. 
because Henry Coopers did something that they didn't expect. And that was to knock Muhammad Ali down. But as, as history tells us, Muhammad Ali got back up and knocked him down and won the fight. Knocked down, but not knocked out. There are well-known people and people we, who are not so well-known uh, who's been knocked down uh, and are knocked down but not knocked out. Abraham Lincoln is one uh, who was our 16th president. Uh, did you know that he failed two times uh, for running for the U.S. Senate uh, and he failed uh, of running for the president of the United States uh, and when he got elected, the day he got elected, Eight states uh, seceded from uh, the Union. Uh, when he came into office, uh, he had to come uh, under camouflage of the dark uh, because uh, there was an assassination attempt uh, against his life. But Abraham Lincoln became one of our most powerful presidents. Uh, and in the midst of being knocked down. He lost his son due to a disease. His wife was on the verge of losing her mind. He was being knocked down over and over again. His critics said that he was weird, that he was a coop, that he cannot govern the people as a president. Yet Abraham Lincoln, through the power of God, brought the union back together again. It was Abraham Lincoln that signed the Emancipation of Proclamation that abolished slavery. It was Abraham Lincoln that got the House and the Senate together to sign the 13th Amendment. Abraham Lincoln will go down his history as one of the greatest presidents because though he was knocked down, he was never knocked out. Walt Disney was fired from his newspaper editor for the lack of ideals. He also went bankrupt several times before he built Walt Disneyland. But I'm here to tell you today, Disneyland and Epcot Center and anything that's connected to Disney is a multi-billion dollar industry because one man said I was knocked down, but I'm not. Fred is there. Memo was circulated after his first screening in 1933. The memo said that Fred is there, he's bald, he can barely act, and he cannot dance. Yet Fred is there made movies such as the, the, the Brand Wagon, huh? the Easter Paradise, the Easter uh, Parade, huh? ho ho Holiday Inn, huh? the Tower Inferno, which he was nominated huh? for an Oscar for Best Supporting Actor. Huh? In the midst of that, Fred Astaire huh? was knocked down huh? by his critics, huh? but he was not knocked out. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four years old and did not write until he, until he was seven. His teachers called him mentally 
slow and unsociable and adrift and adrift into his foolish dreams. He applied for a college and they denied him. They expelled him from high school. Yet it is Albert Einstein in which he changed physics and changed the way that we look at science. He changed the way that we looked at energy and power and light. He came up with that famous equation E equals MC2. Albert Einstein historians say will go down as history as the greatest thinker of intelligence that the world has ever seen before because Albert Einstein was not down but he was not knocked out. Someone shout knocked down, but not knocked out. The Freedom Riders in 1962. During that time, blacks and whites could not ride the bus system together. And so in 1962, blacks and whites got on the Greyhound bus and drove down to the south and they faced tragedy. Many of them was put to death. Many of them was arrested. Many of them were hung. Many of them were shot. Many of them uh, was jailed and put in prison uh, because of their stand. Uh, but while they was in the jail cell, uh, they sang songs like this. Uh, we ain't going to let no jail cell uh, turn us around. Uh, we ain't going to let no dogs uh, turn us around. Uh, we ain't going to let the governor uh, turn us around. Uh, we ain't going to let no one turn us around. Uh, and though they were knocked down, uh, they was not knocked out. Uh, and because they were not knocked out. The government passed the bill for public trafficking and public public uses that everybody, black, white, it makes no difference, can ride the bus line and go anywhere they want to go together because they were knocked down. They was not knocked out. The victims of the superstorm Sandy, category one hurricane, had went through New York City and destroyed cities, little cities and suburbs such as Long Island. Thousands of people had to evacuate. 53 people died. New York was knocked down, but it wasn't knocked out. There was an Assemblies of God church in Long Island that got affected by the storm. Their buildings was destroyed. Their carpets was destroyed. But the pastor said, he said, you know what? In the midst of this, uh, we're going to open our church up. Uh, and we're going to be a rescue to those uh, who are hurting and dying. Uh, we're going to give food uh, and emergency things to these people. Uh, the first lady uh, came to the conclusion and said, you know, uh, we got some missionette kids uh, that wants to graduate. Uh, we're going to continue to keep our missions program going. Uh, 
and they kept their mission as program going. But in the midst of all of this, they began to give to BGMC. Now, some of you say, why would you give when a hurricane has destroyed your church and destroyed your home? That's a wonderful time to give. And these girls who didn't have much began to give money into BGMC. And it started out with $25. And it went up to $50. By the end of their campaign, they raised over $500 for BGMC. The church went forward because the church said, though we might be knocked down from the hurricane, we're not knocked out. And we have biblical accounts of folks being knocked down, but not knocked out. Oh, I got I to tell you, can I tell you just one more? Can I tell you just one more? The Boston Marathon bombing, which injured 299 people, five of them were dead. There was an eight-year-old kid that you saw on the television that was watching the race that died from the bombing. Boston was knocked down, but he wasn't knocked out. For on that Saturday, when, when the Boston Red Sox played the New York Yankees at Finley Field, they came up with a T-shirt, and the T-shirt said this, Boston strong, Boston stands united. What Boston was trying to tell us is though we've been knocked down, we are never knocked out. We have biblical accounts of folks being knocked down, but not knocked out. Joseph had begun to dream dreams, and his parents didn't believe him. And his brothers didn't like it, and thought he was crazy, and lost his mind, and didn't believe in it. Let me encourage you dreamers in the house today. Don't you let nobody steal your dream. Don't you let your parents steal your dream. Don't you let your brother steal your dream. Don't you let nobody steal your dream. Because we serve a big God that believes in dreams. And your dream is connected to your destiny. So they threw him in a pit. And it says, and they sold him to, 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 to Egypt, and something happened, and he went to prison. Some of you are in a prison right now. Some of you are in a pit right now. A pit of depression. A pit of loneliness. A pit of frustration. A pit of rejection. A pit of pain. A pit of hurt. And you feel that no one's there. But I got some good gospel news for you today. And I got some good gospel news for those uh, who are listening by the internet. Uh, that in the midst of the prison, uh, in the midst of the pit, uh, your Bible says uh, that the Lord uh, was with Joseph uh, and showed him favor. Uh, you might be in the pit, 
But I want to let you know, just as long as the Lord is on your side, everything is going to be all right. Just as long as the Lord is on your side, he'll turn that thing around. Just as long as the Lord is on your side, he'll bring you out of that pit. Says Joseph went to the palace, stood before his brothers, and said, you meant this for harm and destruction. You meant to knock me down and knock me out. But God turned it around for his good that many people may be saved. Some of you are in the midst of a circumstance and you don't know what's going on. God is saying, don't you worry about it. Stop figuring out because I'm working it out for your purpose that when you come out of the pit many people are going to get saved because of the testimony of God bringing you out of the pit. David was knocked down. David, brother Ron, was anointed to be king. But as soon as he was anointed, brother Fred, his first job was to work for Saul. Saul was a man who did not follow God. Your Bible says that the Spirit of the Lord left Saul. David was in a hostile situation. Yet he was anointed to be the king. Some of you, you're working in a hostile situation. Some of you are saying, I hate my job. Some of you are saying, the boss, I wish they would get saved. Some of you are saying, my workers are so heathen and so paganistic. How in the world can I make a difference? But I want to let you know, God has anointed you for that job. Don't you quit that job. God has anointed you just like he anointed David. He anointed you for that job because there's somebody somewhere that needs to hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Job lost it all. Lost his family. Lost his home. Lost his money. Lost everything. He was in between what we say a rock and a hard place. How many of you ever been in a rock and a hard place before? Uh, it's not a good place to be. A rock and a hard place. Job lost it all. But Job said, though I may be knocked down, he said, though he may slay me, yet I will still trust him. Job still said, I know that my Redeemer liveth, and I shall stand with him. On that day, Job was knocked down. But he wasn't knocked out. Someone shout, knocked down. But not knocked out. The Apostle Paul, from which our text comes from today, the Apostle Paul was knocked down. 
but not knocked out. Let me tell you what Paul said. Paul said about him being knocked down of the Jews. Five times I've I've received stripes on the same one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned three times. I suffered shipwreck a night and a day. I have been in the deep, in journeyments often, and also in perils in waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils by the Gentiles, in perils of the city in perils of the wilderness in perils of the sea in peril amongst my brethren in weariness and painfulness and watching I was going through Paul was knocked down but Paul was not knocked out Uh, Paul said, uh, Sister Brittany, uh, Paul said, uh, I'm more than a conqueror uh, to him that loved me. Uh, Paul says, uh, I count these things but done uh, to the excellency of Christ. Uh, Paul said, uh, nothing uh, shall separate me uh, from the love of God. uh, For I am convinced uh, that neither death, uh, nor life, uh, nor angels, uh, nor principalities, uh, nor things present. Nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor anything created shall separate me from the love of God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. I may be knocked down, but I'm not knocked out. Can I preach a little further? Thank you. A knockdown doesn't mean a defeat. Uh, hey, a knockdown doesn't mean a defeat. Let me say to those who listen by the internet, a knockdown doesn't mean a defeat. God's not done with you yet. You still got work to do. You still got land to land to possess. You still got souls to win. You still got people that you need to impact. You still got a neighborhood that needs to hear Jesus Christ. God's not done with you today. And let me encourage the body of Christ. Though the world has put a period on your life and said your life is over. God puts a semicolon there because God is not done with you yet. God still has a plan and a purpose in your life. Not down, but not. Let that just sink in just a little bit. But while you're knocked down, here's the thing. Number one, I only got three points, and I'll be out of your way. Can you believe that? I remember when I first started preaching, I had like seven or eight points. We got three points. No polished poem, just three points. Brother Tom, and I'll be out of your way. 
Go watch the baseball game. Number one, someone shout knock down, but not knocked out. Number one, don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. Second Corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 says, Therefore, uh, we do not lose heart even though uh, our outward man is perishing, uh, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3 verse 16 says that he uh, would grant unto you, say you, say me, say me, say he's talking to you, neighbor. That he may grant unto you, uh, according to the riches of his glory, uh, to the strength uh, that, that, that the strengthen uh, with the might through his spirit uh, in your inward man. Now, some of you are going through the blackness of the midnight. Some of you are facing the biggest giants and the biggest devils you've ever faced in your whole life. Some of you at the sound of my voice and those who are listening by the internet are, 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 are facing the, the biggest fiery furnace that you've ever faced before. Some of you, just like Paul, you got trouble everywhere. Trouble in your marriage. Trouble in your finances. Trouble in your relationships. Trouble in your business. Trouble on the job. You preachers listening, you guys have trouble in the ministry trouble all around and it's easy to lose heart I have a preacher friend of mine that lived in butler missouri i preached a couple revivals for him i was coming back from indiana and i received a phone call from his mom saying that he was in the hospital I said come on you need to come on i said why is he in the hospital for she said i don't want to go into the detail just come on so came back from Indiana preaching there and came to Springfield to Cox South. Went inside the hospital and into the room and my friend got into a bad car accident. He turned and he did not see the semi that was right there and he went underneath the semi. Totally destroyed his face. His face was distorted. I didn't even recognize who he was. I prayed for him. And he was able to speak and he said, you know, preacher, I don't believe in this thing anymore. This thing about God and this thing about, about, about the gospel, things that we preach about, I just, I just don't believe in it. And he was being very discouraged. And I prayed for him. A month went by. He called me. He said, preacher, you remember when I told you about I stopped losing faith in God. And you prayed for me. I said, yes, I do. He said, the Holy Ghost began to speak to me. And he said, God began to give me this passage of Scripture that says, 
that he would grant unto you according to his riches of glory to strengthen you with, with, with the might through the spirit of your inward man. And I want to tell you today, he is still preaching the gospel uh, and declaring the truth of Jesus Christ uh, because he began to realize uh, that it's not worth losing heart over. Uh, that it's not worth losing heart over. It's the spirit of God uh, that begins to strengthen us. Uh, you know what Paul says? Uh, Paul says, you got this uh, you got this this uh, this vessel huh you got this thing uh, of earth and vessel huh that's the Holy Ghost uh, some of you gotta learn to get the Holy Ghost uh, in your life uh, in everything that you do huh because it's the Holy Ghost uh, that renews you huh it's the Holy Ghost uh, that rejuvenates you huh it's the Holy Ghost uh, that revives you again. Charles Finney began to preach, and he began to preach about being filled uh, and refilled. Huh? And Brother Andrew, someone asked him one time, why do you preach that for? Huh? And he said, because Christians leak. We leak. And we need to be filled uh, and refilled uh, with the Holy Ghost. only way you're going to make it in this life, make it in this world, you need the Holy Ghost strengthening you every single day. Strengthening you on the job. Strengthening you with your family. Strengthening you everywhere that you go. Because it's only by the Holy Ghost that God will help you not to lose heart. But let me encourage you, you who are on the verge of losing heart, don't lose heart. Hold on. Hold fast. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Someone shout, knock down, but not knocked out. Number two. Don't lose heart. Number two, learn how to take a punch. I asked my dad on his 25th anniversary. By the way, they've been married for 43 years now this year. Amen. I asked my dad on his 25th anniversary. I called him up from Springfield. I said, Dad, what is the secret of your success? What is the secret of you staying with the same woman, loving the same woman all these years? He said, it's simple. He said, you learn to roll with the punches. Rudy Giuliani, Rudy Giuliani, she might, <laughs> can't tell you that, no, Rudy Giuliani, the former mayor of New York said he was amazed by the resiliency of the people of Boston during the bombing, he was amazed by the resiliency of how they were able to come back. You have to learn to take a punch. I see those boxers there in training many times. I say, how do they take those massive punches? But they do. 
But we have to learn as a body of Christ to take a punch because the devil wants to knock you out. He's not interested of going the distance with you. He's not interested of going the rounds with you. He wants to knock you out. He hates to see you in the, in the church praising God. He hates to see that Jesus is your Lord and Savior. So you have to learn to train yourself. When the devil begins to throw a punch, you'll be able to take it. How do you train yourself? Romans 12 verse 1. I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies uh, holy and acceptable unto God, for this is your reasonable sacrifice. Uh, and be ye not, trans uh, be ye not conformed uh, to this world, but be ye transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. You've got to renew your mind. Watch this. Either you're feeding your flesh or you're feeding your faith. Either you're feeding your flesh or you're feeding your faith. How do you feed your faith? You read the Bible. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by what? By the word of God. The more that you read the word, the more that your spirit man gets strong. The more that you read the word and get the word in your spirit, man, uh, the more that you begin to become more powerful uh, and be ready to, to fight. Uh, the second thing you got to do uh, is that you got to put on the full armor of God uh, that you might be able to stand firm uh, against the evil one. Remember those t-shirts back in the 90s that said, don't go out naked. But some of you are laughing, but some of you go out naked all the time. And you wonder why the devil is getting victory in your family. Victory in everything you do because you're not putting the armor on. You ain't ready to fight. Put on the armor of God that you might be able to stand firm that when the devil begins to bring that massive blow to try to knock your family out, to try to knock your kids out, to try to knock you out physically, to try to knock you out financially, to try to knock you out mentally, you can stand and say no weapon formed against me shall prosper and every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned learn to take a punch number three say knock down but not knocked out say he's closing now number three don't lose heart learn how to take a punch number three Get up and win the fight. Second Corinthians says, "Why we do not look on the things uh, which are seen, uh, but at the things which are not seen. Uh, for the things which are seen are temporal, uh, but the things which are not seen uh, are eternal. Get up, get up, get up, 
get up, get up. Fight the fight. Get up. Get up from your despair. Fight the fight. Get up. A righteous man falls down seven times, but every time he falls down, he gets back up again. You got to learn to get back up again and fight to win this battle. But can I tell you a secret? Let me tell you a secret. Let me tell you a secret. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God in pulling down strongholds, casting down imaginary things. Here's the secret. The fight is already fixed. Already fixed. When I was a little boy and a teenager, I used to love to watch wrestling. Like Hulk Hogan. I used to like Junkyard Doll. Y'all, 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 you you got to know what I'm talking about? I used to like Randy Savage. I used to like, uh, uh, what's that guy have the snake? Jake, Jake the what? Jake the snake? I used to like all those guys. The ultimate warrior. And they will go in and fight. But I realized as time went on that it was just entertainment. And it was just scripted. And regardless who I went for, they already had a plan of who was going to win. Can I preach a little bit? <laughs> Can I tell you that the fight has already been fixed? 2,000 years ago, Jesus stood suspended between heaven and hell. And he said it is finished. And he defeated the devil victoriously. He fixed the fight for you. So get up and fight. Get up and fight. Get up, Rocky, and fight and win the battle it's time for the church to get up and fight and say to this world out there I like what our pastor say isn't it time for us to fight it's time for us to fight it's time for us to get up and fight and say to this world out there and say to the devil out there the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church you're not going to take our children you're not going to take our country you're not going to take our world I think it's time um, that, we, that, that we don't draw the line in the sand anymore. We have drawn the line in the sand too long. That's why the church looks so churchy and the world looks so worldly. Uh, you can't tell the difference. Because we're just drawing the line. But it's time for us to get up and fight the fight and cross the line into enemy-held territory and take back everything the devil has taken from us. Take our kids back. Take our money back. Take our schools back. Take everything back. Time for preachers to start getting up and fighting. Stop preaching their pet doctrines. Stop preaching what's popular. Stop preaching 
Four points to popularity. And how big your ministry can grow. And how you can pack an audience out. But to get alone with God. Until they're not alone anymore. And get a message. Bearing God's mark. And stand behind this pulpit. And don't care what the board may think. Don't care what any man may think. But stand behind this pulpit. And declare. Thus saith the Lord. This is the way. Walk ye therein. Get up. Get up, get up, get up. It's time for you to fight the fight. It's time for you to win the battle. Shout knocked down, but not knocked out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now. I thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. God, I thank you for your word. And I pray right now, God, there are people that feel like they're knocked down. God, the enemy has been knocking them down, has been hitting them hard, oh God, with the things of this world and every weapon they're trying to knock them down. But I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to bring, rise them up again. With your spirit, oh God. God, have your way. In the name of Jesus.